Welcome to the NBDA podcast, interviews with industry leaders and subject experts from across the business development world. Join us as we talk about real-world experiences, challenges, and opportunities that can take your career to the next level. The NBDA podcast is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Discover more at yourpodcast.team. Now here's your host, Dave Spray. Welcome to the National Business Development Association podcast. My name is David Spray, and today we're talking with Aubrey Surovic from Insperity. We had a great conversation about Insperity, what makes them unique, and Aubrey also shared some client success stories. We also talked about her experience with NBDA, how she learned of it, why she joined NBDA, why she joined the board, and some other things that make NBDA unique and different from other associations. This is a great episode, and uh, especially if you're considering joining NBDA, there's a lot of insights from somebody who's been a member for some time and has served on the board. So let's get to the show. Hello, this is David Spray, and welcome to the National Business Development Association podcast. My guest today is Aubrey Surovic, a certified business performance advisor at Insperity in Houston. Aubrey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, our our pleasure. So let's let's get started. What what do you do with Insperity? What does certified business performance advisor mean? Oh, so it means a whole lot of things, but for other people, <laughs> what I'll tell you is I actually sit with business owners day to day. I, I network with them, but I also and just get a true understanding of where they are in their business, where they want to go, and how, as a service provide from Insperity, how we can actually help them grow their business so they can succeed in the places they want to be in. Normally, I talk with just 10 different business owners a week. My solution at the moment may not be a perfect fit, but I love going in as an advisor because my network could probably help them get where they need to be, and eventually, they'd be a perfect fit for Insperity. That's great. And I'm trying to remember, what was Insperity's name originally before they rebranded? Back in the 80s, we were known as a Ministaff. And I always make a joke when I talk to my clients, marketing got together and they wanted to inspire prosperity. So they threw two words (laughs) together. Back in the day, a Ministaff was everybody thought we were a staffing firm. And so we said, no, we want to inspire prosperity through two words together and created Insperity. Now everybody thinks we're a bank. So, <laughs> so they, how do you? They did a fan, fantastic job. So I've not heard the the Insperity elevator pitch in a long time, and it seems like Insperity was always adding new kind of solutions and services. So why don't you just bring us up to speed on what Insperity does these days? Absolutely. If I were to go out and do my elevator pitch, I'd tell everybody we're HR that makes a difference. We're instant HR infrastructure. <laughs> for um, small, medium-sized business. We start with five employees to 5,000. And what we do is help people succeed and have an instant HR department streaming through what we would call our payroll technology, then house in a national policy agreement that we have with United Healthcare. We're not brokers. And so we're able to actually pull off our uh, 250,000 life agreement and give it to small, medium-sized businesses. So if you're looking anything from onboarding, workers' comp, EPLI, health benefits, what a Fortune 500 feel would look like, but on a budget for a small, medium-sized business, that's what Insperity would do. 
Okay. And so does Insperity still do employee leasing? So back in the day, that was what it was known as employee leasing. Uh, That's totally gone away with the whole employee leasing. I will say we still file under REIN on the behalf of the employees, uh, but direction and control, uh, full direction and control, all of the the, the client the, the client would actually guide their company and where we would go. We would just highly suggest to make sure that all the requirements on a federal, state, and local levels were all covered. So the company is taking, or Insperity is taking liability shift for all of the filings on their behalf. But when it comes to employee leasing, the employee's direction and control, no, would all be with the, with the client. Okay. And what differentiates Insperity from some of the other solutions on the market? Um, I would say our service team. Most of our clients, absolutely, especially right now over the COVID, our HR compliance service team was absolutely amazing and on point. When they came into any type of regulations, any changes, Insperity was there. Our service team was there. And from anywhere, if somebody wants to be completely hands-on, wants you being right there by their side, all the way to just give me suggestions. Insperity's service team is the depth and breadth of our service um, that we provide everyone out there. People outside of Insperity are going more into the the tech, more of the the chat or a online computer automation kind of correspondence. Insperity really keeps that personal feel. So you have that one line direct person that you'll call constantly for servicing your account talking about your payroll, any HR strategic uh, plays that you want to do. So it's super exciting. That separates us the most is, and again, that's why we're the most expensive in the room. We definitely won't be the cheapest in the room, but we're bringing six dedicated people to everybody that we actually come on board with us at Insperity. That's awesome. You'd mentioned five to 5,000 as far as employee size, but uh, let's drill down just a bit more. So what are the characteristics of your ideal client, would you say? So I think the characteristic starts with mindset, right? So I work with a lot of private equity, investment banking, wealth advisors, who all of their clients and and themselves all have a mindset of, I really want to concentrate on business growth. I am an expert in this industry, and I really don't want to touch the liability HR and having to worry about the, the internal HR piece. So I think one big thing is the mindset. I really don't want to have to worry about the admin piece of it. I want to give it to experts in that industry. And so they come over for that. We really concentrate on on how the client's able to, even with ID and PE firms, the post transactions of getting someone up and ready to go. So ideally, I would say it would start with a mindset and then it would just unfold from there. The four, five, and six people that come on board with Insperity are mainly, I've had the Fortune 500 feel. I really like rich benefits at affordable rates for small business. And then we start looking at, and I make this this joke, usually if they're not the Fortune 500, they're truly an entrepreneur, truly mom and pop. It's usually the 10, 10 employee mark is where they start with us because they got through mom, dad, brother, sisters, uncle, pop, dad. Right. <laughs> and at 10, they're like, okay, I officially have to hire someone outside of the family. And now at this point, they've also realized Mom forgot to file taxes. Someone didn't do payroll. And so it's all just really all over the place. They want a true foundation. So usually they start around the 10 to 12 mark with us and they go all the way to the 80 mark. They've been very successful Um, at 80. They say, you know what? We probably can do this cheaper in-house. 
So usually they bring it back in-house, hire four people because we had six dedicated people to their team. So they hire four people to do what we were doing. And then they found themselves with admin overload and now strategic HR that helped them grow to the 80 is no longer there. Everybody's burdened down with strictly all the admin behind the scenes, keeping up with requirements. So usually people come back with us at 86 and they stay with us till the tenure. We usually lose more uh, clients when it comes to uh, growth and acquisitions, actually, because rather than because they're an anti. Okay. Can you share a, a client success story? Obviously, you don't need to share the client's name, but just an example of where you all were really able to add a lot of value to uh, the business. Yeah. So I guess I could start with like what, what right now the tech and the the tech industry is really huge. Or so I've got a, we had an HVAC company who actually was plateaued off, and this kind of speaks to the service piece of us here. The HVAC company called his client liaison, a direct contact, no 800 number. It was a direct person and said, hey, I really need to hire a business development person. Will you create a, a job description and give me a salary survey so I know what my line, line items are going to look like? So the client liaison said, hey, let's talk about that. What do you, why are you hiring a business development person? You have 16 techs. He said, well, I'm starting to plateau off. If I don't grow, um, find a new business, I'm, I'm not going to grow. She said, well, if you ever thought about doing a sales training to your tech, your tech guys, they know your products, they know your service, they know your their territories. All we got to they've got to learn is how to speak the game of sales. We can we can do a compensation plan for any new business they bring in. What do you think about that? And he said, "Oh my gosh, we could do that." She says, "Yes." Immediately the next week, they implemented a sales training, did a 6-week sales training. By the end of the year, he didn't have to hire a business development person. He he got uh 50% in revenues, and all he did was just put in a sales training. Again, that speaks to product, service, strategic play, growth of a company without having to add a pocket of something he thought, this is what's going to grow my business. But he actually had the tools and resources right there out of his hand. Wow. That is a great story because that was a win all around, right? Because his techs are now making more money, which is probably increasing the retention of the techs. He didn't have to hire somebody else. Uh, what a, What a great story. Yeah, and he didn't have to teach the business development person his their service. They didn't have to teach him the, any of the details, right? No service, the, the territories or any of the products, right, which right. was already known. He got to he literally got to hire fourteen new business development people. That's awesome. Now, just to drill in in a little bit, so this was like a sales training that Insperity like had already created, and did somebody like from Insperity come out to teach it, or did they just share the program? for him to implement himself? How did that work? Yeah. So inside of our platform, we have a learning and development, which encompasses a, a multiple things, soft skills, hard skills, Sigma is even in there. But within that, we have HR compliances where we have an, uh, an, you know, anti-sexual harassment, anti-bullying, all the requirements and liabilities. But inside even, we get strategic on how do we grow your employees to be the next man up. So we've got sales training in there. We partner up, we partner up with Skillsoft. So we have a plethora of items that Skillsoft gives us for growth, but we also, if it's needed, we also come up with curriculum and we actually come on-premise as well. Okay. And, so and that's, speaking of that, I, I yeah. know that learning and development is huge, but what most people don't understand too, on the workers' comp side of Insperity, we actually, we get really granular with trainings on the workers' comp side too. We actually will come on-premise and evaluate safety 
if you need us to, we also even create uh, exit strategies for fire, exit strategies for any safety that is, is requirement within that. We'll even get down to where we'll actually sit on your safety board um, if you're a client with us. Wow, that is really cool. Yeah, it's a um, plethora of true HR is the only thing I can explain. Yeah, no, that is great. With that, with that, why don't we shift gears to the National Business Development Association? So, absolutely. Uh, do, you, do you know anything about this place? Uh, have you ever heard of it before? <laughs> uh, so prior prior to miss, meeting Christine, no. So I actually had walked into a networking partner, and we were talking about how we can network, and if there's any way that you know I. I'd, I could get plugged in and other things. Can Is there a person that I need to plug him in? He goes, you know what, Aubrey, you remind me of this girl named Christine Spray. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, yes. He said, uh, do you know her? I said, no, absolutely not. He goes, I'm going to introduce you to her. When someone says you remind me of them, I'm thinking we look the same. We probably have the same hair, the height, their eyes or whatever. And come to find out, Christine and I are completely opposite. When I, I never even met her and we both like just truly hit it off on the phone. I, I always say Christine's six seven, I'm four seven and, and she's blonde, <laughs> I'm brunette. And and but our personalities just really hit it off. And when I when she spoke about MBDA, I was bought in. That's awesome. So how does it feel to have been the last person in Houston to meet Christine? <laughs> I think person, every- you know, that's, yeah, that was unfortunate for me, but I, I like I say, <laughs> I moved to Houston as fast as I can. I met her as fast as I could. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. By the way, yes. where are you from originally? I can't quite place the accent. So that's funny. You look at me and you think I was Hispanic, but actually I was born in the Philippines. I'm a military brat. Dad is Irish. Mom is Filipino. I've been in Texas since I was six. Oh, wow. Uh, I, okay. I speak like I'm from New York because I speak very quickly. Uh, my <laughs> accent, I don't know where it comes from because depending on where I wear my hair, people um, kind of assume <laughs> in different places. So okay. I, I, I'm a chameleon. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair enough. So you, you met Christine, I guess, a few years ago, and then you joined NBDA. And then I guess being a member wasn't uh, enough. You wanted to uh, become even more involved by joining the board. Is that right? So what's funny is, and it's a running joke within the uh, board, and probably everybody on the board is going to tell you that they were all voluntold that they were on the board. <laughs> voluntold. Joke, okay. Yeah. And we joke because Christine just leads MBDA and the way not only that she bleeds it, speaks it and lives it, but she sells you on everything. And the beauty behind her and her group is if you say this is what we need, she's going to say, okay, you lead it and go with it. She never tells you no. And at the moment, she was asking if I could do a, a few things that I already do on other boards. And so it was a streamlined situation for me. So I was like, yeah, I already do that. All I got to do is just do your website. It was an easy transition and easy bleed. And it's funny because Christine and I laugh. I had been on the board for probably eight months and I still had never met her in person. <laughs> was that just because of COVID or um, was it just because of scheduling? Scheduling and then scheduling. And then we finally met in person right before COVID. Uh, okay. But then, and then, then COVID t- took it all down. But yeah, it was funny. Wow. So how's NBDA different from other associations that you've been a part of? So 
would say MBDA is more, and I use it more as a, yes, a networking, because everybody uses all of their tools as networking, and yes, everybody uses it growth. I say, I say MBDA is a bunch of business development egos in the room who can learn off all the other egos that are in the room, because we all are very talented in all that we do. I would say to be in a room that is aggressive and passionate and to be able to feed off that energy is the biggest difference that all the other organizations have. I think a lot of the organizations that I'm involved in being anything from a CFO all the way to, I'm trying to think of all the other groups that I'm in at the moment. Um, it's very slow paced, very different. And everybody can, can actually say yes to that, can contest that. A, a business development person's just fast paced. MBDA right. is very fast paced for me. And I love that about MBDA. Okay. That is great. What's funny is that even though I've done business development most of my career, I'm really a CPA introvert at heart. Mm -hmm. So for me, the energy in a an NBDA room wears me out, to be honest. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, I, I unfortunately am the other way too. I I, I can turn it off when, uh, turn it on when I need it, but I get my energy from being alone and reserved, and then I can turn it on and have all the energy, and I can go for hours. But I definitely am the same with you. I it, Sometimes it gets to be overwhelming and I'm like, okay, I need to turn it off for a moment. But that energy, boy, you get all those business development people in one room. I think, think about a sales sell, sell celebration. Just it's, it's that every week, right? Sure, sure. Which I know that NBDA has a, a number of different types of events. Which events do you find to be the most valuable? So currently right now, I host all of our work workshops and our BD calls. And I think our BD calls are very beneficial. And, and I say that because as a business development person, I'm constantly learning the trade and the trade being communications, the trade of delivering, the, the trade of habit, the trade of consistency, the trade of discipline. And I, and I love to hear how other successful people did it. And I think the biggest thing for me to bring to the table is when I do those BD calls is to get other BDs to listen to how other BDs were successful and how did they make it. Because I know when I became my first business uh, development position, the, the first thing I did was I reached out to the top sales rep and said, okay, what are you doing? Because I'm looking at the activity they're doing and they're requiring me to do and they're just wanting me to be busy. I don't want to be busy. I want to be smart about it. How did you do it? And so from all the 15 years that I've been in BD, I've always looked on how is that person doing the same work I'm doing and making much more money than I'm making? There's got to be a smarter way. And I take that away from all of our BD calls. How is he making that much money and being that successful? There's got to be something I can tweak. That makes perfect sense. And I know that Christine's been really pleased with the uh, the business development uh, call. So I didn't realize you were the uh, the one that was really spearheading those. So congratulations. Oh, thanks. They've been so, fun. They have been fun, especially when we have our book speakers on. They're, they're very fun. That is great. Can you think of examples of how you've grown your business development skills by being part of NBDA? I can't pinpoint one or two, but I can say that I have taken, call it nuggets, call it tweaks, 
from everybody, not only just our guests and our speakers, but people that are in the room and we talk. I have, I've been able to hone in and what I'm able, able to do in my role as a business development person. Uh, but I think what I get most from being in the room with MBDA is the network that everybody else has attached to them as well. Yeah, the the amplification and synergies of because yeah. you can tap into those networks. Yeah. Can you think of any specific examples of business you've brought on that came directly from those NBDA networking relationships? Yeah, I had a law firm that actually wanted to post a, um, and again, I, I have done so much for Christine over COVID, so a little bit of everything <laughs> that happened yeah. during COVID, Aubrey, Aubrey was involved in pretty much of almost everything. So we had a law firm who wanted to do some hiring, and they asked us to put some stuff on the website to, to, to do some hiring. That, that client of MBDA, job posting, actually was a person that I had been reaching out to already prior to being involved with MBDA and just the coincide of us being a common denominator of MBDA. She actually agreed to have a call with me. And so we were able to get business that way. Oh, that's, that's great. Let's see. What do you appreciate most about being on the board? The people that I share my space with you, everybody wants uh, a lot of people in their lives, but I think the quantity, uh, the quality of people is more important than the quantity. And I, as I'm getting older and I'll be 45 in January, I'm realizing my circle of influence is getting smaller, but it, it is so much more richer. And I think the people that I share my space with MBDA is, is what I get the most from MBDA's board. That's awesome. What, what do you look forward to most about the next six to 12 months with NBDA? What's most exciting to you? Being in person. I am and probably everybody else is completely zoomed out. We have, we've seen it in our numbers of our business development calls, our workshop calls. It was very heavy at the beginning because everybody just wanted to see people. Now everybody's excited to be with people. I think the next year where we're able to be in the same room actually have this thing, you can feel people's energy and you know they're actually paying attention to you and they're not like playing on the five other screens while you're on a right, right. <laughs> I, I truly look forward into our workshops, our business development calls when we're going to start to be in in person. I truly believe this, the growth of MBDA is going to be amazing. We've gone out, we're going out to two different uh, cities as well. So that's going to be exciting to be able to expand into two different cities. And then really just Everybody wants to be in person again, to listen, to feel, to, and then to help our, to help the industry that is looking for positions for a little bit of everything, but mainly people, being with people. That's awesome. I would completely agree with that. So as we wrap up here, I just have a couple more questions. Yeah. What do you wish you knew when you were 25? You know, that's almost a trick question because I could tell It is a trick that. question. Of course it is. <laughs> You can tell yourself so many things, but I will say I, I would tell Aubrey at 25 to love herself, to be gentle, to be forgiving on her own, keep judging herself as her past self, but leave her past self in the past to continue to grow, to be her new self. Because my biggest competitor is me. I want to make sure that I am going to reach the bigger person that I want to be. I would tell her that the next level of life is going to demand a new level of you. And so to continue to always be grow. Uh, 
That's I've asked that question to many people, and your answer is probably the most vulnerable and just mm-hmm. you're know, really honest. So I really appreciate that that candor. That's that's great that you have such self awareness and willingness to to share that. Everybody would give you the standards, what they would do professionally and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I, or, I, I would go back. My son's 20. Uh, he's he's going to be a junior at A&M next year in, in the fall. And so if I could keep telling him the one thing that I wish I would have sticked with, and you would appreciate this being a C, the CPA on the background, grandpa's compound interest conversation did mean something and it was a big <laughs> deal. <laughs> but mainly, man, I just, I wish I would have loved myself through all the struggles. I would have been gentle because it's not going to be perfect. Strive for perfection, but be happy with the good because when Mm -hmm. the bad is bad, but you still got to be gentle with yourself and loving. Yeah. We're our worst, our own worst enemy, aren't we? Or we can be. Get out of your mind. I think a lot of us, and especially now with social media, I I think we're so stuck on, do I look perfect? I want to be the most unperfect looking person, but just absolutely just thrill you on all my actions. Like I just, I want all my actions to speak louder than what I look like, honestly. That's that's awesome. The last question, is there anything that we did not cover that you wish we had or anything we hadn't talked about? Being the first person on the board to to, to, to do the podcast for Christine, um, I'm going to say no, but I bet when you're finished, I'm going to come back and be like, oh, you should have answered. I should have asked that question. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, David, I do appreciate you guys asking for me to be on the board. I appreciate you allowing me to share my time with you guys. And, and the city is amazing. There's always enough work and growth for everybody out there. I'm just happy to serve. That is awesome. Thank you again for taking the time to be on the podcast and for being the inaugural board member guest. And thank you for for all you do to make my wife's life a little bit easier. So on a personal note, I appreciate that. I know she really values uh, all you do for NBDA. Oh, I appreciate her. Thank you so much. All right. You have a great day. You as well. Have a great week. Have a great Friday. Happy hunting, everyone. Awesome. And there we have it. Another great episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at podcast.nbda.co, and you can find out more about being a member of the National Business Development Association at nbda.co. That's it for this episode. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.